All right, welcome or, to the podcast. Adjust my mic, hopefully. Uh, so you're not blasting into it. <laughs> well, mm. what do you got there, Dave? Single Engine Red from Denali Brewing. That's outstanding. One of probably the best just all-around hunting, fishing, whatever, sit-in-your-garage beer you can get. Yeah, yeah. Cannot complain. That was probably one of the better beers we've had when we're out on that... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, the scouting for bear baiting excursion. Yeah, that was uh, that was an earned beer. <laughs> so I mean, it, it could have been a lot worse, but obviously the um, beer situation was quite well. Uh, beer on a quad in the middle of nowhere. It was like what seventy degrees that day. Yeah, it was. It was ridiculously hot for Alaska in what June. Yeah, as we were, yeah, it was, it was early June because we were trying to. Like, what was wrong with our bear stand? Where are the yep. bears at? We're just, like, scouting around, seeing what other dudes are doing yeah. without, like, impinging on their rights. Like, just, like, where's the trail at? You know what I mean? Like, yep. give a general vicinity, you know? Yeah. And what else is in there? How many other hunters are in there? Um, I don't know. How many acreage area? Like, if you're just to say, for somebody who's not knowing where we're at, like, what size of an area would you put that at? What, where we were hunting? Where, like, that whole area we scouted. Like, Oh, uh, it's probably, well, see, it was five miles from where we, where we, uh, where we get off on the gravel road. Uh, with the tr- you know you could run your truck up there, but it's five miles from where we would drop four mile trail to to the trail to where we'd go you know half mile back from there, but we probably went an area probably four miles, and that whole trail probably six miles deep, probably six by six. Yeah, you know in a T fashion. You know, I mean we were only on the roads. Yeah, but weird. I mean you're you're hunting an area like if you're thinking about okay you're hunting a population of bears that's going to roam in the you know right. How many square acres? Oh, well, they'll roam a bloody long way. Yeah, but I mean, but you're kind of in an area there that you figure, okay, the the bears that are probably going to be coming back and feeding, like, you know, we we got what three bears on our stand at the end of the year. Oh uh, yeah, three bears. Yeah. So those are probably three of the same bears, or yeah, that everybody else was seeing. Yeah. Yeah. More likely. Yeah. <clears throat> so those bears are in the area. They're just it's, that's their home. So, I mean, you're probably but, talking about a, what, 25-square-mile area? Yeah, 30-ish. Ish, yeah. yeah. Somewhere in there. But, you know, quads, good beers, and uh, bears brings up a good point. Did you hear about the guy out in Unit 13? Which one? Oh, probably. It was the middle of moose season. Went out there with his buddy. They were going to go moose hunting. Jumps off the quad. Gets mauled by the brown bear. She had two older cubs, like yeah. second-year cubs. Yep. He ended up coming into... Mm-hmm. Did pretty well, from what I understand, but his buddy had to shoot him off, shoot the bear off of him. Yeah, it's kind of brings so, up a good point. Like, what do you carry? So you're coming up to Alaska. You're gonna head out in the mm-hmm. hills. You're gonna do your thing. What are you gonna have on that hip when you're, you know, busy trying to defend you or your buddy? As in this guy found out. And thank God his buddy true. was his buddy was a good shot. So I mean, the right. bear's dead. And they skinned it out. I don't know exactly how that's gonna work with the DLP piece. Normally, the troopers are gonna take it. They're gonna. Yeah. So uh, a good friend, well, but, know, a friend uh, of mine, he, uh, speaking, if you want to throw a DLP, which is in Alaska, stands for Defense of Life and Property. Right. So instead of just Defense of Life, you can actually defend your property as well, which really gets into a weird gray area yeah. of, did you, re- was that really a Defense of Property issue, or did you just want to shoot the bear that was, you know... Milling around your house, scratching up your tree out front. You know? Yeah, but but in this anyway. case, it was a defense of uh, life. That's yes. for dang sure. I think everybody understands it was. In this case, it was very much justified. I don't know if I was that dude that got mauled by that bear. I'd want that joker on my wall. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, you know, right. So I don't know if he's going to get the hide and the, and the, um, you know, everything, so, but, uh, a friend of mine, he, uh, he has a great story. He, uh, he drew a bow tag for the, uh, ship Creek drainage. So that's basically an Anchorage hunt just up the hillside from Anchorage. Right. Uh, you have to, you know, go through, uh, Fort, Fort Rich, <coughs> Elmendorf area or now J bear. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Date whatever. myself on that one. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the yeah. old time Alaska, right there. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's been J Bear for a while. It has been. See, I was actually part of the BRAC realignment. Yeah. When I was in, and so we actually had to move, and yeah, so those BRAC realignments have been going on now for twenty years. I don't know when J Bear moved over. It was probably a good fifteen years ago. Yeah, or somewhere I mean, I was there. in because when we moved, it was ah man, that must have been. See, I got in in oh nine. Yeah, now I'm dating myself. I can't even remember. Back to <laughs> it's like 2019. But yeah, you get my point. I mean, I was, yeah. yeah. So 2008. No, I got in. Because I barely served under Bush. It must have been 2008 because Barack Obama, because I essentially served while Barack Obama was in. Yeah. So, Which, yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Somewhere in that area. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But, so, yeah. anyway, so he had the, the uh, he got the permit for bow, t- bow moose. Mm-hmm. I won't believe it was any bull in the. Sure. Creek Drainage area, great tag. He spent, you know, days, days. I think it was like he had about two weeks to hunt it, and he spent all of that two weeks just beating the ground all over Jay Bear. He was in the backside of Jay Bear. He's up in the hills. So last, last two days of the hunt, I believe he tracks down. It was like late in the afternoon, and he sees a bull, and there's his bull, and he can gets up on this thing, picks a shot, gets his shot, drills the thing. And, you know, it takes off like any most moose are going to do, especially if you, you know, poke it with a bow. Well, you flick a stick at it. I mean, what do you expect? Right. I might run, too. Right. So uh, he spends a little bit of time tracking this thing, and they're tracking, and they're tracking. And, um, he uh, Get rid of this cold. <clears throat> right. Uh, so dark starts closing in, they lose the blood trail. Yeah, of course. So wisely, they back out. They spend the night out, uh, and they come back the next morning. So we're talking... This time of year, it's dark at what time? Oh. I mean, dark enough where you're eight. not going to be tra- tracking stuff. So, yeah. like 8, 8.30, right? Yeah, somewhere in there. So It gets light around 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. So, from about 8, 8.30, when they stopped, to it was probably in the 9 o'clock range, 10 o'clock sure. by the time they Reasonable. got back in there, um, if I remember correctly. We might have to have him come out and tell the story sometime, because that would be cool. <laughs> he has his, uh, he po- calls his buddy up. He's like, hey, I got a moose down. Uh, I just want that 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 number two in there as we're going mm-hmm. in after this thing. So they get in and they get find where they left off on the blood trail, and they go another not far, like twenty five yards, and they see a giant dirt mound just roughed up. And seconds after that, they hear the huffing and the stomping, and turn and here it comes. Here comes about an eight foot grizzly bearing down after him. Right. And his buddy who is on point. Pulls out his uh, his ten mil, and with two rounds, drops the bear about ten feet from them. So my question is: Did, did they just have to wipe, or did they have to go buy a whole new drawers because their you know butthole took a big old chunk out of it? Oh, they they it was because uh, I I could know what would happen in my I mean right I mean my question I guess because we're both medical you know in our background is. Do you really? Do you just? Uh, does everything clamp up so bad that you can't poop, or do you do poop yourself? Well, I think it really depends on. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
A, what you're drinking the night before. <laughs> if you're hunting, you know what I'm drinking. Exactly. Because um, I always, so, I always anyway, shoot my turkey. But anyways. Uh, as far as the DLP side of this goes, they immediately called the troopers. They didn't touch anything, which was one of the wisest moves I think these guys could have done that whole time. They left the bear exactly where it lay. They left the moose exactly where it lay. And they called troopers. And so many, you know, whatever time it took to get the trooper out there. Sure. Trooper looks at everything, says, all right, skin it out. We'll see you at the truck. Gave him all the meat, took the hide, and took the skull. When you're talking grizzly or almost any bear, hide and skull are the trophies. Right, true. So they don't want any part of a trophy given out on a DLP animal. Right. I, so, I, just, I understand. But yeah. if I'm that dude that gets the bear shot off of me by my buddy. Right. Like, your buddy gets the skull or the hide and you get the other one. Like, just now, because, like, you know what I'm saying? I do believe, here's where that gets a little fun, is all those things go to auction. Well, it's true, yeah. I so mean, you they, they technically, go for Rondi, right? you could still go buy your bear back that was shot off your back. Yeah, there's just something so. about it. You know what I'm saying? No, I get you. But anyways, but it does bring up the good point of the sidearm. You know, what do you take in the field if you're coming up here on your moose hunt, your dream moose hunt? And, you know, my first statement about this is that there are people that, you know, Chicago, for example, parts of L.A., um, you know, where they may not be able to have a pistol for whatever reason. Maybe they're mm. 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, my first thing is I would say bear spray. Is it... Is it what I carry? No. But do what I carried over nothing? Absolutely. So why is it over nothing? Like when you make that statement, it almost feels like that statement is like, well, bear spray is great if you're like. If for some reason I can't carry my pistol yeah. is when I carry my bear spray. Yeah. I give it to my kids because they can't carry a pistol. Um, if I have the option to carry a pistol, I'm going to carry my pistol every time unless I'm in a highly populated area. For example, fish camp. Like when we go to fish camp with ACF, yeah, um, you know, there's hundreds of people around us, and I don't want to have a stray bullet hit somebody. True. So in a situation like that, I would carry the bear spray. Although we have never had problems at our bear camp, uh, fish, fish camp. camp. Yeah. But like for example, if I'm out in the woods and we're gonna go to the bear hunting or we're going out moose hunting, I'm carrying my sidearm. I'm not messing around with bear spray. I know that. There's guys out there that would tell me I'm an idiot and that you know, there's no way and that they would only carry bear spray. You talk to the ranger, not the rangers, but the the guys up here at Eagle River, uh, the nature the center. The nature center. And they say all you need is the bear spray. It's better than a pistol. So why? But but, but just, So here's my thought with that. Like if you have a bear spray, it's kind of like a shotgun approach, right? It is. You but... aim in a general direction and you hit a button and it discharges. Right, and I would say for your average person, if you're not comfortable with your sidearm, yeah. you can't have a sidearm for some reason, absolutely grab bear spray, would not hesitate, give it to your kids. My kids use it out, you know, they have it yeah. with them uh, when they're out here in the around the house. But, you know, so it's great for things like that. If if you're like my like my wife or like my mom who doesn't like to carry, if my mom doesn't, she's, she's okay with firearms, but she's not like, I'm going to go shoot, she doesn't shoot, she doesn't. Well, she's yeah. not comfortable with it. She's not comfortable with it. Somebody like that? You know what? Give them the bear spray. But yeah. when I'm out in the woods, like when I was out moose hunting, I got my sidearm. So kind of leads me to my first thing is that whatever it is, no matter who, which side you land on all this crap, you got to be comfortable with whatever your sidearm is. Yeah. How many people actually go out and fire there? When was the last time you went out and fired a hot round? Out of my 460? For whatever whatever your sidearm is, when was the last time you took a bear round you put down range? Um... And you did it fast. Because you talk about... These guys we just talked, my buddies we just talked about, you know, that the bear seconds. was 10 feet from them. This would all happens in seconds. So um, you have seconds to go from holster 
to fire. So in my case, a little bit different. I run a Glock converted to a 460 Roland, yeah. um, which is the 45 ACP round, essentially really hot. If you talk to Mr. Roland, who came up with said round, yep. it's supposed to be a 44 mag um, in a slide approach. Yeah. I don't, because I have other Glocks, I've re- used those other Glocks, but not specifically the 460. And eh, too long to admit. Right. But, I mean, how many of us actually take, like, like I know you carry a 44. Yeah, my sidearm of choice has been, you know, the 44. I carry not the Ruger, a bad one. Ruger Blackhawk. I grew up shooting every gun I, or every revolver I shot was a single action. Whether it was a double action or not, I just got used to shooting single action because, you know, at 10 years old, you don't pull a, you know. <laughs> uh, I think what was my dad, he had a Smith & Wesson. Oh, goodness, what was it? It was essentially a, a police issue. It was an old trooper that gave it to him, and that was his sidearm that he carried. So, you know, it's got a trigger pull on it, uh, on, you know, the dual action. So, I mean, if you know, now I could, sure, but, but not at a 10-year-old, I couldn't. Right. So I got used to that single action, pulling that hammer back every single time. Right. So. See, now, my, uh, da- like my dad, he carries a forty-four. He uses not the Alaskan model uh, Ruger, but it's the, so the Alaskan's the two-inch. He has the four-inch barrel. Okay. So I forget the name of it, but it's yeah. the, but it's a forty-four mag, you know. I've shot it multiple times. Yeah. The range, it's not bad. I'm just not a revolver guy, and I think that's. I mean, it's just I don't know. Maybe it's just because I never really, you know, um, grew up shooting revolvers. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up sh- shooting a ton of slides. I was in the yeah. service where we shoot slides now. Like that, that is your, you know, that's your sidearm. That's your sidearm. Yep. Um, super comfortable with them. Just like them, like the way they feel. Um, not, not disagreeing. So, but. Every time I go to the range, I try to fire at least one hot load. Right. Yeah, sure, sure. Just at the very least so I have a, you know, okay, that's what's coming out of the end of that barrel, and that's what I'm going to be. Which I think also brings up another point is that when we talk about hot loads is when you do have a bare defense pistol, I don't yep. care which you have, 10 millimeter to a 45 to a you know, 44 mag to a 357. Yeah. You want quality ammo. Like that is, that is probably more important. I think any more. Now, if you're, if you're somebody who's out there who is, you know, okay, you've got to say you went out and bought a 44. You went to whatever the local store is. Mm -hmm. Cause you've heard 44 is the one to go. So you go down to sportsman's warehouse and you say, I want a 44. And they say, here you go. Here's a mm, Smith and Wesson fill in the blank, right? Ruger yeah. Red Ruger Redhawk. There's a great, you know, <laughs> general. Just everyone seems to have them everywhere. You? What? Go hide all or why don't you? Well, yeah, we can talk about that quality here in a minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got some. Yeah, I could talk about that one. But let's say okay, you've got yourself a Ruger, and sure. you have never put anything through it other than a couple, you know, the white went, box. Yeah, just a cheapo range box. Mm-hmm. You're not a reloader. Like you don't reload, right? What do you buy? <sighs> hmm. You had to throw that out there, right? Because Brandon knows, <laughs> as you guys that are listening to us probably don't know, because we haven't expressed, you know, as we go through this, we've been talking about what we do on yeah, right? side hobbies. Uh, my dad <laughs> likes to reload. He's taught me how to reload. So you hot load your own stuff. So I hot load my own but stuff. If you Lehigh, if you take off and you're heading up to. We're going up above Fairbanks, and you get to... I forgot you know, my rounds, right. You forgot your rounds, and you're in Cantwell. You're not turning around and driving back four hours to go get your rounds. So well, you're going to pull into Fairbanks. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> or I might be buying a new pistol, because a 460 Roland's not exactly common. Well, let's say you have a 44. 44, right, yeah, sure. You sure. have a 44, and you're now going to go in and get yourself... Oh, crap, I forgot my, you my know, rounds. rounds. I need to go buy rounds. What, what are you, you going to do? Yeah, well, 
So first thing is you got to look at your quality rounds that are there. So I mean, just if, plan on spending extra money on your box of rounds. Yep. You know, so I would just say if you normally spend say twenty bucks a box, plan on spending thirty. Just absolutely. Just you know, plan on spending that extra money at the minimum. Uh, yeah, at the minimum. I do like Buffalo War stuff. Yep. They actually happen to make the only 460 round available in the state of Alaska, to my knowledge. Because <laughs> when I got the 460 rolling, I was like, well, let's get some factory ammo just to compare it for reloading purposes. And I went to Sportsman, or excuse me, not Sportsman's. I went to um, Bass Pro. Yep. And I went to Cabela's. And they kind of, their eyes glazed over and they looked at me like, what's what, a 460 rolling? What is this? What is this Greek, Russian <laughs> thing? Un American and the dude's American, but. Um, what is this thing you speak of? And the one of the guys goes, oh, yeah, I think Sportsman's got some. I ran out to Sportsman's in Wasilla, and they had some. Yeah. I mean, so. At a buck around. Right? Yeah. At a dollar around. Absolutely. Buffalo Boar, I say, is definitely one of those. You right. can always Hard. go to Buffalo Boar, and you're going to get a quality round with... Uh, a solid lead. Yeah, it's a hard lead. It's a hard cast lead. Yep. Um, so it's going to have the driving penetration power, which is yep. what you're really after. So when you look at, I, if I somebody said you can go, if I had a choice between your, say, your generic full metal jacket or my hollow point, I would actually choose the full metal jacket. Yeah, it's going to not but, disintegrate, especially when you're talking about a bear. A bear, right. When you're talking about something that has a skull that is just like freaking plate of iron across there. Well, and you think about how wide a bear's chest is and how deep you need to penetrate yeah. that. I mean, you know, if a bear charges you, unless you get it to stop 10 feet from you and you're, you know, you started emptying your weapon, more than likely, this bear is probably going to be on you. Yeah. And so when they say, were you really defending yourself? Well, look at the big old gash in my leg. Dude. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not, most of these guys, they have some kind of scar for their story. Yeah. Right. So, second of all, so you, you have a brand that you're looking for. Buffalo Boar is great. Almost, I mean, you can get high brand high dollar brand or quality with mm-hmm. almost any brand if you go to smith and wesson they're going to have a higher quality right. round remington so remington those Winchester, guys are going to have yeah. one yeah so i mean you're going to find them but buffalo bore if you see something that says buffalo bore you know that is going to be a standard high quality round you're not going to you're not normally going to go in there and find a cheap low grain buffalo bore round i don't even think they make them yeah i think they start out something ridiculously high yeah like the, so like that being said you know, again, for the person who's looking like, oh, crap, I forgot my rounds. I don't know what I need to get. <coughs> I want to go hiking or whatever. Right, I need right to know. Cases. You know, when you're looking at that that box and it says blank grain, which is how many grains of powder? Well, you know, when it says the grains, it's the grains of the bullet. Sorry. Yeah, yeah grains of bullet. bullet. Uh, the bullet weight versus how many... I always argue when you're talking about bullet weight for something, what we're talking about, I don't care about distance. It's... About, you know, you think about it. If I take a ball and I throw a tennis ball or I throw a baseball, what hits with harder purpose? Well, you know, at the, at the end. So if you're the catcher yeah. and you catch that ball, well, the baseball is going to feel hard. It's, it weighs more, it imparts more force yes. from its mass. And so I would argue for going for, and also with heavier bullets comes usually heavier powder behind them. Uh, so yeah, it's going to have to have more. It's usually. Yeah. Um, depending on, some of them don't, but... Mm. They usually do, and again, the distances we're talking, drops, non-issue, things like yeah. this. I want it to have impart as much power, as much force as humanly possible to kill that bear so that I am walking home. Yes, or at least limping home. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I'm alive, I, and it's I not. believe the last buffalo boar I got were 260. Yeah, I'd have to look. So mine, 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 are, mine follow the 45 ACP bullets. So Yours are different. Yeah, yeah. So, so mine, I think it's 230. So I use... Yeah. 
So people that do reload and they're going, hey, man, I'm going to head up there and I know that you can. So if you're flying up, for example, you have to have, as of the last I heard with FAA rules, you have to have it in a, in a box, cardboard. But you can bring up your own ammunition, which is cool. Just yeah. don't bring it on the plane with you. You have to check it. Yeah. They they have signs about this here in Anchorage. It's kind of hilarious. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Lehigh uh, makes a extreme penetrated round yeah. to solid copper. And which is it's a great round. It's a, they are outstanding. Um, now, can you get that without... You know, as a full bullet. I think you can at some places in the lower 48, but yeah. you cannot up here. Yes. That's why I've always done Buffalo Bore until I was hooked up with your dad who gave me some right, right, exactly. extreme penetrators because I just can't, you, I couldn't buy them anywhere. Right, because you have so, to, I mean, you have to have all the reloading equipment yep. and that's, we're talking money now. And time and, I mean, I got half of it and I just never got into it. Too many other hobbies. There's <laughs> too much stuff taking my well, time. Well, let's get into that time of year where you and I are going to have to start doing some reloading because, mm-hmm. um, you know... The snow gets deep, and what do you do with three feet of snow? Uh, you, you reload, and you brew beer. <laughs> uh, brew beer, reload, and, well, you might go ice fishing. You could. Uh, go we will be going ice fishing. Well, snow machining, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, again, you have to have a snow machine. costs right. money. I, coming from the lower 48, came from a non I mean, Pacific Northwest doesn't get that much snow, not like Michigan's and the, you know, Pennsylvania and around the lake effect snow that they get out there, or even, like, you know, the Rockies. So, for me, a snow machine, yeah, you can use them. You can go up in the Cascades and use them, but it just really it, wasn't. It's a trip. It's a. It was a dedication, the yeah. more so than what you can. The Here, more you can go outside in your backyard and run around if you right. wanted. Well, the neighbors do. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they run around on theirs. All their kids run around on them all afternoon. You know, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, but so, they're and they're having a blast. There's yep. kids doing kid stuff. So. All right. So, we talked about ammo. Like what kind of ammo? We talked it's about quality, like the biggest thing. Knowing your weapon, knowing what you're doing, being comfortable with your gun. What kind of gun? Again, you know, for me, I'm comfortable with the slide. So I would argue slide. Um, the other thing I like about slides, Glock. I mean, as one of our good buddies, uh, Jeff, said at that shooting day that we went to, the and he's a Glock and, uh, instructor and armor and all this. And, you know, the Glock is like your F-150. It's ugly. It's a little beat up. But it's going to do what you it need just, to do. It just flipping works, although it's like that old reliable yeah. pickup. And, and for me, um, they're comfortable in my hand. So I think whatever it is. You want something that's comfortable in your hand. The advantage to me is, is that I also use Glock as my carry weapon. So I have a 40 um, that I carry. Mm-hmm. Um, which familiarity. Is, is familiarity, yeah. yeah. I say, and just you know, so everybody knows, um, and I know that Brandon being a revolver guy, he's going to hate to have this, but you do know what the troopers carry as their sidearm. Yeah. What do they carry when they go in the woods? Okay, so <laughs> they still carry their forty short and weak on a Glock. Yeah, but they don't use it when they go in the woods. Well, yeah, but they use a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with slugs. But yeah, yeah, yeah. big as yeah. much power no, and as, as much oomph sure. behind it as they can. But but because you when you have ten but feet, the, but the troopers do it. No, they carry their shotguns. I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> uh, How many? I've at least <laughs> once I've rolled up on yeah. a bear attack and it looked like a freaking like you had troopers. On right. point, all around you, weapons up, and it wasn't a Glock. Right. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, it, if you know there's bears in the area, you're, yeah. you're not going to reach for your Glock. You're yeah. reaching for your your hunting rifle, your so. shotgun. But um, but but I have heard that out in I think it's Finland or Sweden, one of those Norwegian countries, when they send their guys out around polar bears, which is a different, whole different animal and different mm-hmm. ball of wax, um, but it's still a bear. They send their guys out usually with like a 300 win mag-ish kind of weapon. Yeah. And then they also send them out with a 10 millimeter, which is, yeah. again, a slide. Um, so, But, again, familiarity, ease of use. My friend who dropped the bear, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after that downing mm-hmm. his moose, was with a 10 mil. 
if I had it to do over again, I would probably not go the 460 Roland. Yeah. Uh, while I love the round, it's a great round. It's, I love the pistol with the Glock frame. It's the same frame for the 10 millimeter. I should have just gone 10 millimeter. Yeah. And then it had all been stock, and I could have gotten rounds a lot easier. But now, I digress. The things I do like about the wheel gun, and I know this gets at everyone who is a Glock guy, and there oh, are sure. so many of them. And you're going to hear the rebuttal, I'm sure. <laughs> One is I've never had an issue with that thing jamming. I've had that thing in the mud and just pick it up and just wash it off quick. I've had that thing in drop it in the snow. That's a fair. I mean, that, that is I've fair. had thing. It just does not jam. It is. It is like the carburetor versus the fuel ejection. Yeah. Step down into a river, which should have been about knee height, and all of a sudden I am chest deep in a flash flood of silty, nasty, gross water. And I won't disagree that a wheel gun is... What's the word I'm looking for? The wheel gun is kind of like the carburetor of old. Yep. And the Glock is the fuel injection. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love my, my old carburetors. Not disagreeing. That, but that there's something nice about having that fast, quick, fun... Like, it's fun to shoot. Oh, yeah. But I, I do... I mean, when you're out there and you're 40 miles deep... And it's freezing, and all the moisture in that gun, because you've been tromping through the woods. Or you stepped is, off in the flash flood. Right, or, is now freezing in your firearm. Or did what my dad did with the bear stand. <laughs> kind of time went out to that poor guy. I mean, you know, love my dad dearly, but it seemed like every time. It's a good beer, isn't it? It's a great beer. You know, it seemed like every time we went out there, dad had stumbled <laughs> over something. Yeah. And he'd up in the middle of the swamp, the rifle buried. His, <laughs> he right? had his .45-70. So... But yeah, but that's that's and so there's point number one to the wheel gun. Sure, and I will grant you that one. Number two with my gun. Now mine is the Ruger Blackhawk. It is the full cylinder. It doesn't have the grooves in it. It is a solid chunk of steel right. on that wheel. I can put anything down that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It, it doesn't care. Like with a slide, you do. Like I, I know. Like my wife hates Glock. Okay. Um, that comes stems from her uh, family's from law enforcement background. And in the early 80s, apparently a lot of the Glocks were jamming on the LAPD. Yeah. And some guys lost their lives, unfortunately. Yeah. What they found was that it was the cheap ammo yeah. when the Glock went back and tested, which I believe after running which, enough slides. This is another big issue with what ammo you have. Right. But, but I say, but having been in the service and knowing cheap ammo, I mean, not that the Army pays <laughs> lowest bidder. Oh, wait, let's, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> when people say mil spec, I start laughing. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's. Uh, but the yeah, only but, yeah. limiting factor that I have for my gun is is it going to stick out of that cylinder? Right. Your overall length. Yeah. Which, quite frankly, is a lot. Well, yeah, and I still have the same problem because it has to fit my... True. You know what I mean? But if we're I, talking factory ammo, it's but not a big deal. my, what I can put in mine is a heck of a lot more than what you can put in a slide. Oh, yeah. I'm just so say. I can pack a very hot, very powerful round coming out of that. Now, that does not mean that that is accurate for any wheel gun you put out there. Well, and the other thing is, too, is that the other thing that I, I caution on with a wheel gun, particularly like the 44 mag or the 500s or the... You know, some of these other, mm-hmm. you know, manly weapons. You're a big dude. I mean, you know, you uh, you can carry yourself behind that very well. But a lot of people, A, can't because it packs a lot of kick. does and throw a, a lot down there. And so if you can't, so I don't care. I mean, if a guy told me, hey, man, I'm taking my 9 millimeter out there, but I'm deadly accurate with it, I know I can put bullets where I need to put them. 
I'd rather have bullets where I can put them rather than missing with six shots. Not dis- not 100% disagreeing with that. But, but, I'm on my, but, the but my thing point is, is, is that it comes down when to... When you have the max two rounds that you're going to be able to get out before that bear is on top of you. Sure, but... Yeah, now, well, the, now, here's another thing Even if consider. it's the same number of rounds. Let's just say it's six rounds and six rounds. It doesn't matter. I'd rather have a guy that could put six rounds and kill... You know, put him in the bear, even yeah. if I die okay. or I'm seriously injured. I'd rather know that bear took some lead... Before <laughs> before it eats you, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's screw you, bear. <laughs> right, but but there's something about the you know the if 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 I know that I'm gonna miss with every shot because either a I'm not comfortable with the weapon or b I just can't shoot it very well because a lot of those a lot of those are big frame pistols so if you have a smaller hand well, blah, blah, blah. again it comes down to you need to be comfortable with what you're shooting you need to practice with what you're shooting agreed so you need to, you just can't go out and say I'm going to grab a 44 454 Kasool and go out and that's my bear gun and never pull the trigger on that and think you're going to do something well. No, that's true. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> well, like they always say with everything practice, practice, practice. True. Um, so I just look at like for right. me, you know, yeah, I mean the biggest thing I think that most people don't do and this is something that I think everybody should do that we that we did on that range day in June. We yeah. had a lot of fun. There's some slow drills. Just squeeze that trigger. Yep. You know, you'll want to be the last guy in line to shoot your round kind of thing. Yeah. But there was also, I want you to be the first guy done. Yeah. So there was that kind of that combination of fast, but also slow because in the heat of the moment, you need the fast. Absolutely. But you do need the, the muscle memory of just that slow, deliberate. And so I think that's the thing that most people that, I mean, that I have seen on the range. Muscle memory of how you're pulling the trigger and then ramp it up to doing it quickly. Right. But I see yeah. most guys do the, so there, there's kind of two guys out there, and they kind of generally fall into two camps. It's kind of hilarious to me. Usually, wheel gun guy tends to be the real slow, deliberate guy at the range, mm. for the most part. You haven't seen me in my wheel gun at the range. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if we go to Birchwood, and we look at the average dude, right? Yeah. Versus right. go down there and look at the guys at the slides. It's bang, 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 bang. You know what I mean? And so they don't, they don't take the time to go back and do the slow stuff. And so I think that there's value, no matter what you're shooting, slow, fast. Yeah. And just do those both those memory pieces because yeah. it's going to help you in the woods. So another thing to throw into the whole mix of this, let's say you're out there and you have your your Glock or you have a wheel gun. Okay. And you are now no longer able to fire that. And you have Joe Schmo with you who has never picked up a rifle or a pistol or anything before. Okay. And you need to tell him, pick that up and function with it. But you are no you're not able to really coach through it. You're you're done. You got you got whatever. Yeah, the advantage to the Glock, in particular, is that it is very much like a wheel gun. There is no safety on it. Um, you know what I mean. And a wheel gun has no safety. There's always one in the chamber. The the other thing is with a slide. As long as there's like like a Glock where there is no safety on it, mm. and I you know it, I think there's enough movies out there. Most people will be able to handle that. Yeah, you know what but, I mean. But 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 are you oh, gonna like a wheel gun's version? Pick it up and pull the trigger versus. Here's you know whatever well, else you is going on. Because I always have one in the chamber, but uh, uh, yeah, you know. <coughs> Second of all, how do you hold that thing? If you have sure. somebody that picks this thing up and puts their thumb right across that slide and bites the crap out of their their hand, what's the first thing that's going to happen? Drop it. They're going to drop it. Of course, you have the recoil. I could argue for yours. You, but if they're not used to it, the recoil well, for yours is going to do the exact same thing. thing. But you know, I mean, I think we're talking semantics. To be honest with you. Oh no, that's just one of those like. Th- yeah. The argumentative points you can throw in there for one versus the other. So question. Yeah. Chest rig or hip rig? Ah, uh, now. Yes, yeah, so so you're going, so you're going to go hunting. Yeah. You do a chest rig or you do a hip rig? So if you are really throwing it in there of 
when are you most likely going to need this? The bear is going to be pretty close to or on top of you, right? Mm, more than likely. More than likely. You're not going to, if you have time to see this bear coming at you and you're like, hmm, hey, look, there's a bear. Maybe I should pull my gun out. Okay, let's get my gun out. All right, let me, maybe it's going to come at me. Maybe I should pull the trigger out. You're not getting charged. Okay. You're getting bluff charged. You're getting at the most bluff charged. Maybe. So. For those of you guys who don't understand bears, they do a lot of bluff charges. So they're going to. Most of them are bluff charges. Jumping up and down on their front, or, you know, pushing Uh down with their front legs, kind of doing the stomping. Ears back, they're going to be hoofing at you. They're going to do a couple quick steps, and then they're going to turn. It's a bluff charge. Right. Um, and normally it's something that's seen. You're going to see it. You're going to see this thing happening, and they're mm-hmm. just basically telling you, Hey, my territory. Get out of here. Right. Now, if you're 20 feet away and you're walking through the woods, and all of a sudden this thing comes tearing out of nowhere, you don't see it because you just walk between her and her cubs, and you have no idea right. either you, of those are there. made a mistake somehow. And this thing comes tearing out of nowhere at you. Where do you want your gun? What are you going to do? <coughs> How are you going to protect yourself? Like, what's your instinct reaction when this thing comes down on top of you? Well, for me, it's a hip. Because I've always carried my pistol on the hip. No, no, no. You don't even have a... You're, you, this bear just jumped on top of you. What is your body going to do? Well, 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 when you said instinct, so when I, when I instinctively reach, for me, it's, it's reaching for my hip. Not reaching. What is your body going to do? Most of what I've seen guys do is they curl. Yeah. Most bear attacks that I've run on, these guys have bad bites along their back, along their hips, the legs, arms, back of the neck, and head. Most people tend to to pull their head up over their face. Almost like a cannonball in the Like pool. their cannonball, like they're protecting, it's just this natural instinct it feels right, like to sure. protect your, your vital stuff, your vital organs right on there, right. right? So, that being said, if that is kind of the, the bear jumps on top of you, you do this, where's the best place for your gun? Well, it would not make sense for the chest because it's kind of hard to get there. Well, yeah, I suppose. I can, I can, I can as, you, as I pull my arms in towards my chest and protect my head, it's very easy to reach down and pull that gun up versus try and reach down, figure out where the bear has moved that gun because he's shifted yeah. everything around. He's biting my pants, biting my belt, biting True. all these things. And but, I was going to say, but on the same token, I mean, I have a chest rig and I also have a hip rig, so... Don't get me wrong. Now, the right chest rig. There's a lot of these chest rigs that are just, I just don't feel like they're very adequate for what you're trying to do. Right. Downside I find is that when I'm hunting, mm-hmm. which is, again, usually, you know, when I'm doing something hunting, I hate, no, I mean, I hate noise in the woods. An unnatural, I mean, don't, I mean, not that I mind, you know, birds chirping and, you know, moose the, doing moose. The unnatural The unnatural noise. clicking and banging. Yeah. And if I have my binoculars, what are they banging on? See, I have upgraded to a bino holster right and that holds those things there they don't swing they don't bounce they don't do anything they hold them right your chest that thing they're amazing a they don't put any pressure on your neck right so i I, don't get me wrong i want one bad but it's just you know the the timing of timing and you know talking to somebody i won't name names (laughs) the old lady into it you know (laughs) She's but, already complaining about my hunting habit, but, you know, <laughs> the, and the fishing habit and the, and the, the yeah. beer habit, the so, beer brewing habit. Yeah. That's what the beer yeah. habit As long is. as you brew something for her, she, you know, can't complain too much about that one. That's why I do cider. I mean, yeah. See, right? Yeah, right? Now, so if you're really talking about like the, what, you, what I would say is the setup to have for A, your, your protection in the woods with your sidearm and B, your, your, your knockers. I would have like the Vortex style bino holster. Mm-hmm. It holds everything tight. You can keep stuff right there. 
I mean, they're not that expensive. They're like forty bucks. You can get a, you can get similar ones for like twenty nine bucks on Amazon. Problem is, I'm usually blowing two hundred dollars at Cabela's, and then that comes along, and that's a no. That's, that's why you skip over the Cabela's and you just go right to things like Amazon because it's Alaska and it's so much easier just to like eh, twenty five bucks on Amazon Prime. Yeah, well, <laughs> I won't disagree with that. But <laughs> so you have some sort of bino holder that holds your binoculars where they need to be. Sure. They're not bouncing around. They're not now. I would argue for something like uh, 40 Below Kydex. That is a company up out of Fairbanks. They create custom chest holsters, custom side holsters, whatever you want. You just say, I have this gun. If they don't have that gun, they'll figure out a way to get a print of it, and they'll create you a custom Kydex holster specifically for your gun. Lightweight, very right. easy to maneuver. <clears throat> they're just right there. I mean, you don't have to do – they're not bulky. The next one I would go to, which has been just one of those tried-and-true just – amazing holsters that everyone seems to wear and everyone loves is the diamond D leather guide series. Those are nice. Cause that keeps sure. these, th- the gun isn't it's sitting in the middle of your chest. It's more of a belly kind of kind of, it sits lower, right? Real easy just to grab and pull. You're not trying to like pull the gun up from like the center of your chest, straight perpendicular up right. across your face to pull this thing out. Um, they sit very well. I don't know if you saw Dan at the, at the shooting event we mm-hmm. did, uh, the one he had, it kind of sat low, mm-hmm. almost almost like a under-the-shoulder holster. Almost like a Miami style, yeah. Yeah, but just kind of sat out just enough that you don't have to go all the way over. You can just kind of pull right from that center, yeah. center mass. But, you know, I mean, so I use a, I typically use a hip rig. I Like I said, I have both. If, I, if I'm going to go through known bear country, and when I say known bear country, I'm on the Kenai, and I'm going fishing, and mm-hmm. I'm walking through, I think um, – you know, when you're in those situations where it's tall grass, yeah, you, you you know it's like you go, okay, the potential is high right now. There's a pucker factor. There's a pucker factor. You know, the, one of the big things is, is unsnap it, you know, unvelcro it. However, you know, so it's ready to go. Yeah, but man, like if you because th- usually if I'm walking through and I'm have that high pucker factor, my hands on it. True. You know, what I'm mean? so I have not my, not disagreeing. So but my hands like sitting there ready. That to go. that is that's one thing, but. I feel like most of the guys that I've run on who have been attacked by bears, it wasn't necessarily... They didn't expect it. They didn't expect it. All of a sudden, this bear, boom, hits them. Like these... Uh, did you t- hear the guys down in, I believe that was Prince... Will, Prince, Prince down of Wales. P- was it Prince of Wales? No. POW Island, or was it Prince of Wales? I think it was uh, somewhere in the sound. Okay. Uh, PSW. Um, it was just on uh, the social media play- pages. They were done with a hunt. Uh, they were getting back to their boat. Two guys stepped in the boat. The last guy, he was getting ready as he was crossing the, you know... Oh, yeah, I did hear uh, about that. A grizzly yeah. jumped out and grabbed him from behind. <coughs> he had no clue this thing is there. All of a sudden, he's walking to his boat, hunts over. They're kind of, granted, they probably weren't on the highest alert because they were right. there. But that tends to, I feel like, when you see these right issues pop up. Yeah, I mean, but whatever you do. I mean, I think this is probably the biggest thing I can ring home, regardless of the type of you know pistol you use or whatever, is to say, have a sidearm. Use your sidearm. If you use a chest rig, be sure you can go to a range, whether it's go out to the woods, go to the range that allows you to do it where you can sit there and practice, Yeah, practice, practice. Because, you know, it's like anything else. If you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. You know what I mean? And so I would argue that if you're... Now, even to the point of if you are a bear spray person, you know, you, you can't necessarily go out to the range and practice with your bear spray. False. You can buy rechargeable bear sprays that are just shooting off 
yeah. CO essentially. Well, but I mean, like I have, I don't know, probably a half a dozen of them around this house. Yeah. Um, but, but you don't go down to the work. range and say, hey, fellas, I'm going to discharge some bear spray. Hang tight. Well, you're probably going to get kicked it, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. <laughs> so, and if you're in a place that doesn't necessarily have that ability, here in Alaska, it's real easy to get out to right, nowhere you, quick. Yeah, but just about your back door practically. Right, almost. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's say you're down in suburbia getting ready to come to Alaska for this dream hunt, and you want to, you're going to carry, you know, your right, bear spray. Right, because you can't get it for whatever reason. And do think yep. that... You know, it's interesting because you could, in theory, a guy could um, say, well, I don't have the ability to, you know, come up to Alaska for whatever reason. He can't buy a firearm. Maybe mm-hmm. he just he's hunted all his life but doesn't have a firearm that's working. It's in the shop or something. In theory, you can come up here, stop at Sportsman's, Cabela's, wherever, buy a rifle over the counter. That's mm-hmm. legal in yep. all 50 states. But you can't buy a pistol. pistol has to be in your home state of record. Yeah. So like one, because I bought a um, blue label Glock yeah. in the state of Oregon because they had those closest dealer. Yep. They had to transfer it to a Washington FFL. They already had it worked out because there's yeah. enough people in Vancouver, Washington that and just kind of do that. They know what's they, going on. They know what's going on. True. But, yep. Um, but you can't. But so I had to go to a specific Washington FFL. Yeah. And go through that process. So we touched on this a little <coughs> bit earlier with the troopers. Mm-hmm. When the troopers go into the woods with a known bear issue, the weapon of choice is their slug out of their shotgun pump shotgun pump shotgun it gonna work it's just big it's gnarly yep you're throwing a ton of lead downrange at this animal well it's one ounce so literally yeah. one ounce of lead yeah it's a lot so and we're talking about what do you carry for bear let's throw these in the mix let's throw uh you know a 12 gauge shotgun i wouldn't go anything under a 12 gauge uh, i mean uh, carrying a 20 or a 410 around with a little slug why? Yeah. Or let's throw the 410 in there. Or not the 410, the uh, 4570. Um, yeah, I mean, 4570, usually a short lever action weapon. Mm-hmm. Quick on your feet. I could see that. Although, you know, it's uh, so when it comes to, I mean, if you're going to throw in the 470, why not the 760 or 7600 7, series Remingtons? The mm-hmm. pump or the semi-automatic Remington uh, 6s They have yeah. 6 308, yep. 270. Yeah, uh, six is the most common one. You well, know. I mean, I think people go with the the forty five seventy just for the sheer size of the round. Right, like it's um, a, it's a chunk of lead that's coming out of there. Yeah, I mean, which I guess brings up a whole other topic. You're the perfect kind of three or four gun Alaska rig. You know what I mean? If you had to have like, if you only had the option to get like one pistol, one rifle, one shotgun, and yeah, one twenty two, you could, you could really you could make some arguments there. But if I if I was gonna walk like when we walked into the bear stand just yeah. to. Just to feed it. I mean, I had a choice of a 300, 300 H&H, Ot yeah. 6, 12 gauge. Yep. We always had our sidearms on us. It's yep. like a given. But, I mean, I grabbed that 12 uh, with a slug. 12 gauge um, with a slug, yep. But, again, the advantage to me for pump, mm-hmm. uh, which I say is a good thing, is a lot of guys, like if you have an 870, you can run a shorter barrel on it, you know, an 18-inch barrel, and then you now have a slug gun. Yeah. But if you use it for shooting glaze, now you're, again, familiarity. Mm-hmm. So I just look at it and I kind of go, what are you familiar with? So if you're... Yeah, more, I mean, I wouldn't... I mean, if you're going to take your 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 clay target gun or your bird gun out in the woods for bear, man, you got a whole other slew of issues. you got to think well, about what choke you have in there. you got to make sure well, you're No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is like like the 870 series Remingtons. Yeah. You just change the barrel out. Yeah. So I'm saying is you, is you take your bird barrel, leave your bird barrel at home. Okay. And you gotcha. have your 18... You that wasn't as... I didn't follow that as clear as... Yeah, yeah, So I'm thinking, you know, so you're familiar with it because... At the range or your bird gun, you're using it for your for ducks. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and then you turn around and you grab your different barrel. I don't know. I, I my duck guns 
a little different. I know a little, a little different. And I just, I don't think I would carry that. I, like my, I got my, uh, bear gun, my, you know, long bear gun is a Winchester 1300 defender. Solid just, weapon. you know, it's got the short barrel on it, the 18 inch barrel. I mean, I can pack, I think five or six slugs in that sucker. 870 tactical for me. Dude, so, yeah, it's essentially sense. the same thing. <coughs> you know, I just recently put the, the shortened buttstock on it with the pistol grip that I can kind of... You just want to look badass. Well, that was a big part of it. Yeah, you just want to look dirt, dirty hairy, don't you? Well, uh, you know, going a little more SEAL Team 6 and dirty hairy, but I mean, but you know. But with the 44, it's kind of more dirty hairy. <laughs> well, yeah. You have to have a slide. You go back to the Glock. Yeah, I know. So they shoot yeah. SIGs. But anyways, we digress. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but I mean, that's, digress. that's kind of where I went with that is like, oh, okay, yeah, the, the 4570 is great, but. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate. I mean, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. if, I, but if you're like sitting at the truck, you have your. Your venerable OT six, you have the twelve gauge, you have just the pistol, or and and I would argue that anybody should if you're going out in the oh. woods and you have a pistol. Okay, let's that, say let's say you you walk up to the vehicle, and somebody has sitting there, forty five seventy, they have a twelve gauge, they have an OT six, pump OT OT six, pump OT iron six. sight. Which one of those do you grab? For me personally, yep. it would it would depend upon what it is. Uh, okay, you're going into... So, so, so my point is, if it would be weapons that I was already familiar with, let's just say they were all three familiar weapons to yeah. me, then I would choose a 12-gauge every time. But if somebody said, if, if because I know the, the Pump Bot 6 from Remington really well, yeah. but it's some other goofy manufacturer of a 12-gauge that I just don't know, I may be more inclined for the Ot 6 just, again, for familiarity, because I know I could run it really well. Hmm. Because, again, yeah. uh, bullets on on target versus just spraying... Yeah, or it jams on me, or it does something. That's another thing that brings up is that no matter what weapon you take, when you're out bear hunting or you're in hunting in Alaska and you're middle of deep woods, never take an untested weapon into the woods. <laughs> never. <laughs> oh, that brings up whole other stories Sorry, that yeah. I can. Uh... Um, but I mean, but you want a weapon that's you know never failed you, so to speak, or that at least hasn't been you know that has been proven to be effective yeah. on the range, where you know mm-hmm. what it's going to do. Yep. Because I mean, I've had weapons right out of the box. Not work. Yeah. I mean, my AR, I put it together and it didn't work. Yeah. Turns out one of the springs was slightly weak and I figured out which one it was. I replaced it and lo and behold, it hasn't, yeah, never had a problem since. Yep. But, you know, the first, about every third round, it would jam. Like it just yeah. wouldn't go. Yep. So, you know, familiarity I think is important. Absolutely. I totally lost track of where I was going with the next step of that. You're too busy drinking your beer. That's, that's part of it is damn good beer. Fantastic Talkeetna Alaska beer. Yeah. So, I mean, um, if I had a clone beer of this stuff, I might brew it up. A clone beer? Yeah. You never heard this? So, in home brewing, you you can do what's called either make your own, like you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go do a Irish red, like we're drinking tonight. Yeah. Make your own and, and signature make, so signature, right? Or you can do what's called a clone beer. Gotcha. So you clone or you make a, a replica of yeah. this, trying to get as close as you can. Gotcha. And it's a lot of guys go to a lot of really big detail about trying to get like exactly like. The taste, anyways, exactly mm-hmm. like the Talkeetna or the, you know, McMinimans. Yeah. Stout, yeah. Ooh, McMinimans. I might have one of their clone beers in my refrigerator. Really? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, I think first things first, I mean, as we kind of recap, take a sidearm, whatever, whatever it is you choose, get familiar with it, run absolutely. rounds through it, put a lot of rounds through it. Um, yep. Or even, you know, even to the point of just sitting in your living room right. without anything in it. 
Oh, we don't want to put thank, a hole in your wall. Thank God, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's stories there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just run the trigger. Mm-hmm. Run the trigger. Just mm-hmm. get familiar with how that weapon, mm-hmm. that, that platform functions. functions. And with that you trigger pull, um, and, you know, don't be afraid to spend a little bit of money on that. So if you're a Glock guy, buy the Glock. If you're the wheel gun guy, buy your wheel gun, however you want to do it. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I feel like... It's time is nine time is most is probably the biggest thing no matter what you're using. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have the time with it yeah. that you need and not rush it. So buying it a week before you go hunting is always a poor, yeah. poor decision. Yeah. With anything you're taking right. hunting. So But yeah, we'll probably argue about this one until the cows come home. I you know, I I'm not against it. I I think if I were to go I would not hesitate to go buy a ten mil. Right. The biggest drawback to that I have is a what I can shoot through it I can mm. put a lot of powder down that gun my, my the gun, wheel gun right my wheel gun it just will not jam and I think I'd rather just go buy something smaller and have fun with it yeah you know like yeah the only thing, the biggest advantage I can see though you know like a 10 mil if again I, I go back to the Glock platform because that's what I shoot but you could do a 1911, same thing. Well, yeah, with the, the, the round 10 mil. Yeah. So the, the arguments the, for I've heard is I can put a lot of rounds fast at a target. Well, and but, they're yeah. designed to penetrate deep. Well, right, but the, here's the other advantage, right? So let's just say I go out, and for the cost of a standard wheel gun, it's usually about 800 bucks right now. Yeah. And I could probably get a 10 mil for about $500 a piece for yeah. a couple hundred bucks more. Yeah. I can have two pistols. And I have one in a forty-five and yeah. one in a ten mil. Now people say, "Why the forty-five? Well, the advantage of forty-five is the cheapest rounds you're going to find are usually nine millimeter, forty short and weak, and your forty-five ACP." Yeah. Um, so if like with Glock in the nineteen eleven, it's the same frame for the nine, uh, the ten mil, or the forty-five. It's that larger framed versus the smaller frame stuff. Does it? It's not quite the same. Yeah. And so the advantage there is that for the cost of the forty-five, I mean, think of how many rounds. I mean, you, you go for a hundred rounds of ammunition, forty-five ACP. Even I mean, quality cheap, it don't matter. It's going to be cheaper than a forty-four round. Yeah. So. <sighs> no, I'm not not going to knock it. I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, I I, I just have a sentimental oh. attachment to the wheel gun. Well, I just I, I grew up fine. shooting them. Yeah. No. That's I guess that's what I'm used to taking out in the woods when I would go out in the woods when I was younger. No I take my dad's three fifty-seven with a hot load. Stainless or blued. Uh, mine is stainless Ooh. with a red wood handle. All I am thinking right now is that line from uh, that movie with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. He's talking to the FBI agent as the FBI agent pulls out a stainless steel slide. Yeah. And he says, so you take that nickel, uh, nickel plated sissy, <laughs> sissy pistol, buy yourself a Glock. <laughs> so like, now, the funny part is dad runs a stainless steel. I like stainless uh, myself. Um, uh, I think if you're going to go out in the backcountry in Alaska with something that's not going to break down, not going to have issues, you got to go stainless because well, it doesn't rust. It doesn't rust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want anything that'll rust. So, yeah, as dry as it is, by compar- I mean, Pacific Northwest, you know, people talk about how wet it is up here. Yeah. I mean, try the Pacific Northwest. It's a different kind of wet. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. But, totally uh, different kind of but wet. But on the same token, what do most guys run? Stainless steel. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, my point is stainless steel. Yep. And there's something I like about stainless. It's also brewing equipment. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, knowing your knowing what you got. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's the biggest thing. Yeah. But that um, pretty much kind of wraps up sidearms. I guess our biggest takeaways are is quality ammo. 
whatever mm-hmm. you take, um, be sure you're used to it. You're comfortable with it. Yep. Practice with your rigs. Practice how you're going to be, you know. Yeah, because all the practice. research in the world can only get you so far until you pull that trigger. You don't know what you're doing. Right. So. Exactly. All right. You know, we well, just got to figure out what we're going to talk about next time. I think we can figure something out. Uh, you think? Uh, all right. All right. Well, <laughs> we're going to wrap this up before the kids come and bug us. All right. All right. See you next time.